I was put in a box as a producer for so long that I can't, I almost couldn't process that that was a creative mm-hmm. role. Yeah, I want to be an independent, independent woman. And I feel like that is, was instilled in me from you. I wouldn't trade the creative path for anything. So I don't overthink these things, and I think that's my favorite part of my creative journey, is that it is always changing, and I never know what fun thing is coming next, Mm -hmm. truly. Welcome back to another episode of Yours Truly with Helen and Julie. As you know, we are more than just a mother-daughter duo. We are best friends, business partners, dance partners, and more. Despite living on opposite sides of the country, we talk every single day, multiple times a day. <laughs> and yes, we talk about... Oh, we talk about it all. Work, life, social media, shopping, family, hopes, dreams, goals, nothing's off the table, and we're inviting you to the chat. This is yours truly, a glimpse into what goes on behind the TikToks and inside our conversations together, even the extremely long tangents. And when you join the chat, you're not just a listener, you're officially part of the family. For Julie, being creative comes naturally for as long as she can remember and probably as long as I can remember. But I have to admit, I was shocked when I found out Julie wanted to go to art school. So we're going to talk about our creative journeys, our thoughts on being in creative fields, and how we wouldn't trade that for the world. Good. So let's let's start it off a little bit, Jewel. So ever since you're little, I mean, we have the pictures of we you. We have the receipts. We have the receipts of you drawing in your princess outfit on Halloween one time, and you're always with crayons and always doing crafts. So you've loved to draw, you've loved to paint, you'd love to do crafts, right? Yes. Oh, right. Still to this day. And then one day, she's in high school. Now she's still participating in art in high school, but you also were in the band. You played the tuba. I did a lot of fun. I did fact. a lot of creative things growing up. I did a lot of like yes. also sports. Also sport. Well, that yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's not forget that you you played basketball. Even though you were potentially height challenged, one might say you managed to be a great point guard on a basketball team, CYO, and then again in high school, and as well volleyball. Considering again height challenged, managed to get on the volleyball team and and be in that row digging in the back. So you've had you have a lot of talents, in my opinion. Uh, from where I sit. So when you came to me and said that you were looking for schools, colleges, and you were going to go to art school, needless to say, I was a little shocked. And why? This, I don't know why, except that I always thought art school was people who just draw portraits or do landscape paintings. And I Mm -hmm. never really saw you as that. I saw you as, you know, an arts and crafts person. I just never saw this as something you were going to pursue as a career. So I was surprised, needless to say, yeah, when that came up. And I and then I also love the fact that you wanted a school not just for art, but also to enjoy sports. Mm-hmm. So you you took your two loves and headed into a college career, if you will, yeah. with that. All right. So why the hell was I so surprised? To this day, I'm not even sure. And I'm probably going to admit my ignorance because I always thought art school was for serious people who wanted to make a career out of, you know, painting and drawing and selling in galleries. And I guess that was my limited view. I feel ignorant even admitting that right Mm -hmm. now. But um, did you know that I had those feelings or did I only just tell you that recently? Because I feel like you only just told me this recently and I was very surprised. Because when I think about, you know, my childhood and growing up, I always think that I loved art and that was like very apparent in all the things that I was doing and... I don't know, the hobbies that I gravitated towards. And now even looking back, you know, um, we started our Creative Fridays where we spend the day doing creative things. And I can say without a doubt 
whenever I'm drawing or painting, it's like the only time that my mind is clear. Oh, like, wow. My mind is constantly going like 18,000 miles per hour. And I always have anxiety, like anxious thoughts and all these things. But when I'm drawing or painting or doodling, it's like peace. Peace somehow. It's like quiet. And it's nice. (laughs) That's beautiful. And I'm going to, so, you know, when I look back to your high school, we're going to go back to the high school years just for Mm -hmm. another minute. But when I look back to that and I remember, you know, you were always the person running the show of a project you know the group projects yes right? I was always the Julie group was in charge of the group pro- Julie was not a group project person no. like she just wanted to do the project I just wanted to get <laughs> it done group. I wanted it to look nice I wanted the A right so and I, and there was a woman one of the high school moms and I'll still remember this in Bay if you're listening she, who said oh Julie's going to be a CEO like she just saw it from the way you ran doing those projects the way you organized when you did something mm-hmm. and the way you just kind of took control and I I love that insight then because I, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, she is. <laughs> she is going to be, you know, because I could see that you had this creative skill set, but also this like way of organizing mm-hmm. and the way you think through a project. And even when you're doing something like planning a trip, what happens? There's a spreadsheet <laughs> of the trip or whatever platform you're making yeah. it in, right? Yeah. That's just who you are. It's just, it's interesting because I'm so organized. And in another sense, like my creative side is so creative and sometimes they like they roadblock each other because I'll be painting or drawing something and I'll be thinking about it too much or it needs to be too neat and then I get too in my head about it but I really try and let like let you know that go when I'm just trying to truly be artsy (laughs) yes and the other thing that I remember from you being younger is you were always willing to try different jobs and that's Mm -hmm. like you know, I'm not going to say that's unheard of, but that during the time where you were in high school, a lot of young people weren't necessarily getting jobs. They were mm-hmm. busy. You know, there was so many activities after school. And you were one of those, like, you were kind of a go-getter. You were working in the deli. And next thing you know, <laughs> you were always babysitting. You were you, even dog walking at one point. You remember? I was like, oh, we could list the jobs that you've had that were a little, like, off the beaten track. You know, you've always had that mindset. Of, I made beds for a summer. Oh, you made beds. I forgot about that. I worked that at a turnover service <laughs> in Long Beach Island, New Jersey, and I got paid beds, per bed on per Saturdays bed. and su- Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. So funny. I got paid per bed, and if the more beds I made, so I'm really good at making beds. That is so funny. But yes, I've had a lot of odd jobs. I could let's just take a little. T- I yes, babysitting was always one of them. I worked at Italian deli in yeah. Chatham. Then I worked. I yeah okay. I said babysitting. Dog walking. I did dog walking. I worked at an Allbird store. Oh right, you did retail. (laughs) I worked at the athletic department at Michigan. I worked at the marketing department at Stamps, which is the art school at Michigan. I did a lot of freelancing jobs. Yes, random projects. And this is interesting because PA. I don't think that that's as common now with young people. I just want to be clear on this recording that this wasn't something that we were pushing. We weren't like, Julie, you have to work. You have to work. You know, that's not who we were as parents. I mean, I had a ton of jobs waitressing when I was younger. But, you know, in the the years when you were in high school, that wasn't a common thing for people, Mm -hmm. for young people to do that many jobs or to take on side jobs and part-time jobs. I don't know what it was. I think I just, I wanted to save money. Like, I don't even know, like, where that comes from. In high school, freshman year, we had to take a financial literacy course. So, like, maybe that got me on, like, the thing Mm -hmm. of, like, oh, I need to start saving money. 
But yeah, I don't really know why I always was like, I need to have a job. Because even, right. even in college, my freshman year was the only year I didn't have a job. It's so funny. And it wasn't like... And it wasn't like we weren't going to help you, you know, su- yeah. survive in college. You know what I mean? I know. So, it was just like... So it, I just, I think I just always wanted independence. independence. Yeah, and I still yeah. feel that now, even like, I don't like asking for help, <laughs> which is like, you know, something we'll talk about later. But <laughs> yeah, I want to be an independent, independent woman. And I feel like that is, was instilled in me from you. And I think so, because I will admit that I always did want mm-hmm. to be an independent woman. Like when I was living home and my family didn't have so much and we had to work to, you know, I I didn't like the fact that when I was growing up, you know, my mom had to make my clothes because they couldn't afford, you know, and hopefully they're not going to be insulted to hear this, but they know that my mom will admit it, that she had to make our outfits for holidays and things because mm-hmm. they didn't have the kind of money to buy things. So I think I had the same thing instilled in me for a different reason, Mm -hmm. which is like, I want to be able to buy the things I want. I want to be able to go and not have to be worried about this. So I was with the same work ethic, but for a different, Mm -hmm. with a different motivation potentially. So let's talk about your creative journey because you don't think you're creative. I know. Which pisses me off because you are. And this, I think it started back in... Back when you were a kid and you played the piano. Oh, okay. I don't even go back. I, I don't know if I'd go back. I that think f- it does because you played the piano. You're a piano prodigy. And you were. Yeah. You were the valedictorian, Oof. which is nothing to nothing to sneeze about. Okay. You went to art. You went to music school. I did go to music school You went school to NYU. College. Yeah. All and, right. And then you started producing commercials. Mm-hmm. And I will say the piano thing comes in because you wrote... A shit ton of jingles. I know. It's so crazy. That's my secret superpower. <laughs> you can write a damn good I write, jingle. I write commercial jingles. All right. So let me explain a little bit about it. Let me just dive into that a little bit. So yes, I played piano when I was younger. I was begged my parents for piano lessons. But unbeknownst to me, the piano teacher they connected with me with was a classical piano teacher. I just wanted to learn how to play popular music. And this teacher was determined to make me a classical pianist. So dove right in you know, took the piano lessons and whatnot, and then ended up in music school. But when I was in music school, it came to, it was very clear to me as I kind of started to evolve into my own person in college, that I wasn't going to be able to sit in practice rooms and be happy. I was not going to be able to, you know, have that, that kind of relentless discipline that it takes to be a concert pianist, because you really do have to practice hours and hours a day, and then that whole performing thing. So I knew that it wasn't for me and I just felt horrible to have to tell my parents that I, you know, I'm not, I can't pursue this, this dream that might have been something that I was thought I was doing for them, even though they never said that, but I think in my mind I thought that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to waste my, my music, my music lessons and I decided to get a degree in music business so that I could potentially work in a recording studio or whatever. And when I came out of college, literally needed a job, took a secretary position for an advertising agency and then started producing commercials. And it was just a trajectory, you might say by happenstance uh, at the company that I ended up working for for my mm-hmm. first job. But when I first went to a commercial shoot, I was hooked. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I love it. But I'm still going to say that as a producer, you're put in a box of you are not the creative person. There's a writer. There's an art director. There's a director. There are set designers. There are so many creative people that you're dealing with every single day on every single job Mm -hmm. that 
to me, my role was organizing and getting things together and making the meetings and having the relationships. And I didn't realize how much creativity was inside me because that was not my role. Mm-hmm. That was not the role on paper. But when I look back now, all those years spending time with creative people cultivated my ability to be creative. And so when the toy commercial jingle thing came to be a thing when so- mm-hmm. someone invited me to write a, you know, do you want to write something for this, you know, this commercial? And it was for a girl's toy. And, and that's where it, it went from there. I, mm-hmm. I just had, I had a good way of kind of thinking about rhymes and writing the commercials. And then, and then my creative self woke up and, yeah. and it's just kind of from there really taken off because I suddenly, you know, realized that TikTok was a creative outlet. And now I'm like creating my own, my own videos using my creative skills. So mm-hmm. I know that I'm creative. It's just that I was put in a box as a producer for so long that I can't, I almost couldn't process that that was a creative mm-hmm. role. Yeah. It's hard. It's weird because I feel like I've put in the box of I'm the creative one. Right. So I, you know, I. You have the I, opposite. I have the opposite thing. <laughs> I'm the creative one. Ever like, and then it gets to a point where I love being the creative one, but everyone's coming like, Everyone's always asking me for things, and it also comes with the price of like being undervalued at right, times, undervalued and overworked. Because right. you think it created creativity is free, yeah, and people do think that. They think, oh, it's I should get this for free, free because you're a creative person. That doesn't take you more than five minutes to think of it, but that has value. And this is the most, I think, the most um, under talked about thing in the creative world is how much. that talent should have value added to it. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't just be, oh, just because that happens to be their ability. That's like saying, oh, well, then an accountant should just freely give away his accounting services because he happens to be good with numbers. Yeah. That's not right. It's infuriating because (laughs) you, I get asked all the time, but people come out of the woodwork Mm. to ask me to do, like, can you just design this for me real quick? And then I say, you know, I'm not going to do that for like a hundred dollars. Like, no, I no. thought like someone asked me to like recolor something and I was like, okay, it'll be like $150, you know, simple That's nothing thing too, That's by the way, nothing. And they're like, Oh, I was thinking more $50. I'm like, can we consider the fact that I went to art school that I have studied for hours and that's on why you, how to do this. And right. yes, this is a little tiny, not, not, no, it's not a little tiny scale. It is a valuable skill a valuable that I have spent skill. years working and perfecting that I can do it in 15 minutes. Right. That does not mean I should get paid for 15 minutes. Right. It's you should be paid for those four years of studying how to do that, learning how to like do Photoshop. You know, there's all these, it's I just so, so frustrating. I, I, the whole creative career, um, I don't know. The unfairness of it is is just something that it, I don't. I hope that it changes mm-hmm. as we move forward and people realize the value of creativity. It's just it's just unfortunate the way it's viewed. It's really frustrating because it's like art and creativity is like literally everywhere, but it's not valued the same yeah. way. Like think about architecture. It like shapes the way we look at the world. Architects are extremely like, especially when in the early stages of your career extremely undervalued but they're doing important work like why i don't know do you uh do you ever have regrets that you're in you ended up in a creative field do you do you often think oh i wish i if i could do it over i would i mean do you ever think about Mm -hmm. that i mean you're young enough to maybe even (laughs) do that if you wanted to sometimes i think life would be easier if i had picked a traditional career path Mm -hmm. i'm 
I mean, my brother is in finance. My boyfriend is in consulting. My friends are all in tech. Right. I'm surrounded by people who have taken a more tradi- traditional, traditional route, paths, yeah. and I am proud of them. And that I don't put that down at all. But sometimes it makes me question, like, am I doing right. something wrong that I'm the only one doing something completely different? Right. Like, would life be easier if I just had the nine to five and I had the vacation days and I had the PTO and I was just crunching numbers? Like, would I be? Ha- I don't think. I don't think that was. I don't think that was meant for me. Right. As much as I compare myself, I've always, and it stinks. I compare myself to Tommy, my older brother, a lot because he's in finance, and I. On a, I don't know. He's in finance. He's seven years older than me. We're on completely different career paths, life paths. Right. And I'm always like comparing myself to him because I think that you guys compare me to him. Oh, really? No, we no don't. I don't think you guys <laughs> do. But the fact that now we're adults. Right. Like I'm caught up now. We're like, I don't know. You, do you think of Tommy and you're like, oh, my two adult, like my right. adult children. Right. You know? And I think that's sometimes where I get self-conscious because i've always like i don't know i'm a bit of an older soul you're an, you i've are always been soul. more mature than my age yes i've always hung out with tommy's friends and they're always like we're shocked how like not yeah. shocked but like when i finally turned 21 they were like finally right you know so sometimes i feel like i'm on the same level because i was always like oh we're on the same like yeah. well i mean when you were in middle school uh who did i send to help him pack for college me you because <laughs> i wasn't home to help him pack his things for college because I was probably shooting or whatever. And I said, Julie, go help him pack, get his, get him, get his act together. So you've always had this other very, very um, interesting skill set where you can really organize a situation. You've always had that skill set. So, I mean, knowing that and sort of as well, as we both accept who we are as creative beings Mm -hmm. and me trying to accept that I am creative, you know, now we're building a world in which we can, I think, evolve our creativity on a business level. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I wouldn't trade the creative path for anything. I would not, I know that I wouldn't be okay in a different Mm -hmm. area. And I think having gone through some really not fun experiences as a creative person <laughs> in my career makes me value other creatives a lot more. Right. So I hope as we're like building this business and we need to bring on more creative people to help us, we're able to truly value other creatives in the uh, way they deserve to be valued. And that's what I think you've done so well with Mothership over the years and your production company is like you have valued the creative people. You treat your people well. That's why I always liked working on your shoots because you don't go until two in the morning because you want to do 30 takes. You you have, you have run the ship and you give people their value and you make people feel valued and like they are bringing something to the table. And I think that's the energy that we want to oh. keep bringing into the world with Socialize and with like all of our endeavors always, you know, even working with you, Grace, and working with the photographer we found. We always like finding really valuable creative yes. people and 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 really appreciating, appreciating what they're bringing them, to yes. it I, i'm a big one on compensating like yes. i'm <laughs> i think maybe from growing up in a business where i was not necessarily compensated properly mm-hmm. at the time and i think looking back on that it has changed who i am as a leader mm-hmm. and i'm so grateful even though at the time i was so hurt 
prior, you know, and I'm not going to specifically lift out, list out bosses or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those hurt things have stayed with me so, so hard. Like they're with me that mm-hmm. I would never treat someone like that. And, no. and I would never undervalue someone. Like I tend to overcompensate, overcompensate people for their work because but I want they them ma- to But then it know. makes them more loyal to you. Yeah. And they, I think it just shows them the people who always, your, your crew that always comes back to work for you. Right. And that like... I grew up grew up knowing because of the same pe- you work with the same people because they know working with you they're going to be treated fairly and compensated fairly. I love that. But, I appreciate that so much, yeah. Julie. That you can see that is just really special mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> Honestly, it means a lot. Yeah, it so just means I've did it. I did it right. You did. I think that's that's cool. So, what's your favorite part about the creative journey um, or your creative path? Okay, so my favorite part of where I am now is that. I still never know what I'm going to be doing next. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is great timing because look what happened yesterday. I got to go behind the scenes at the Today Show, got to see some really cool, famous people in the background. The whole thing was something that if I was not open to, okay, let's just, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. If I was a closed minded person or had, you know, had different thoughts about, what my role is going there. Like, no, I'm not going to go to the Today Show unless I'm going to be featured on the Today Show. Mm -hmm. Let's say I had that mindset. You know, I would have never had the experience I had. And I I am okay with kind of following the path and seeing where it takes me Mm -hmm. and always making the most of that situation. So when I was in production and I was just a PA and I was doing nothing and I was just not doing nothing. When I was in production and I was, you know, just really starting out and I had a boss who was in a meeting and said, oh, I have to find a baton twirling teacher and, you know, for a shoot in Amsterdam. And I, my ears perked up and I'm like, I could teach baton twirling. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that I've always been a person who makes my own opportunity happen. Like I just, I'm open to it. And so it presents itself. Mm -hmm. And then when it presents itself, I jump on it. So I don't overthink these things. And I think that's my favorite part of my creative journey is that it is always changing and I never know what fun thing is coming next. Mm -hmm. Truly. Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to ask me? (laughs) Yeah. You always forget. (laughs) Okay. What is the best part of your creative journey? I, the best part is. um, You don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, too many things. I would say I like that. There's always something new to learn. There's always like a new medium to try uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like more artsy than being in like the creative industry. There's always something new to try. Um, but I also love in terms of work, how there's being creative. Sometimes there's always a tangible result that you can like mm. see, which is really satisfying. Yeah, that is satisfying. And, and not, a lot it's of, in- not a lot of jobs. I feel like sometimes have that like tangible essence to like what you're creating right, and right. like having that is really satisfying to like feel proud of what you've made at the end. Yes. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. All right. Let's wrap it up there. Yeah. Yours truly. Helen and Julie. Don't forget to follow us on our channel. So I am at the mothership with a U on TikTok. Julie is at truly Julie without an E. So it's T R U L Y J U L I. And together we are hellosocialize.com, working to bring you all the teachings, the trends, the creative forecasts weekly to share with you so that you can make your content journey easier. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Peace out. <laughs>